1: Welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine, chilly Saturday morning, and I pray that all of you are doing well. Uh, I thank you, as always, for tuning in because I, I do understand and appreciate how valuable your time is so that my time on the air, I, I hope that I appropriately use it to get to the point of certain matters that we talk about, certain things that I share, um, especially when you send in questions, and um, it's just truly, truly appreciated the comments, and uh, uh, I'm privileged to be able to share these uh, gospel messages with you uh, week after week uh, in such a manner, and the manner that we choose here on Saturday morning with Dan Brown, rather than a a talk-in program, which I love all my my talk in uh partners who here at town square media w p g they do a fantastic job and sharing and uh, John and Harry and just all of our guys here um it, just a wonderful, wonderful group of people here at town square media very supportive and very uplifting uh as many as some of you may know that i um, recently lost my wife um after a long battle with a with a, a very serious and terminal illness, and miss um, her fifty one years of marriage, high school sweethearts, and um, but God has uh, placed in my heart uh, joy in knowing that she is in a place where we who are the bride, those of us who walk in faith, those that are the church. Um, understand that where she is, we all long to be at some point. To see the face of our Savior, to be there, feel the radiance and the warm, the compassion and love of being in the presence of the Almighty is something that we all aspire to. But until that time that we are called home, our mission for you and I as individuals of faith and, and the body of the church, the Ecclesia, the Bride of Christ, our job is to share the gospel. Our God, Our job, uh, what God has called us to do is to present the gospel in a way that endears people to us. By doing that, we are sharing the gospel of love and the gospel is based on love. So often I find And I've heard individuals who venture into a gospel of judgment and very often within the first few minutes may tell someone, an individual, we are not a Christian well you're not this and you're not that. We're not called to tell them what they're not. God already knows what they're not. What we're here to be called to share with them is what they can become and how valuable every life is. To the creator of the universe. So it does break my heart when I, when I hear people saying to other people and, and forcing, uh, uh, things on them that somebody who's just beginning to come and maybe dipping their toe in the pool of living water. Um, we don't want them to withdraw that. We want them to step into the pool. Like the cripple did in the pool when he was healed. That's what we need to do. We are living waters. We have living waters flowing out of us when we function in God's will the way we're supposed to. We are not to be judging people here. We cannot hate them away from their sinfulness or whatever their issue is. But what we can do is show them that they don't have to go back and be what they were. We can show them that God is reaching out to them. Think of this people in the condition that they're in. That's our job. To say you are valuable. God loves you so intensely that he sent his one and only son to take your place on a cross. So that when the Almighty looks at us who are sinners, Jesus has stepped in our place. And so that sin is no longer seen, but we can begin a road of acceptance and salvation. That's our job. It doesn't matter who we're talking to, what they look like, what language they speak, what clothes they wear, what group they belong to, because all belong to the Holy Father. And that's our job. Let's reach out with compassion and understanding and tell everyone about God's love. And God's grace, because through grace that we are reunited with our heavenly father through grace. So let's tell them how much God loves them, not judge them on what they're doing, because all have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned, the Bible says. So if you're pointing your finger at somebody because you believe, you're because you're sitting in a pew in an assembly somewhere once a week, stop it. Your job is to love, not judge. That's your job. That's what I'm called to do. That's what you're called to do. And if we could get this huge believing body of individuals called the church, and I want to emphasize this, there is only one church. There are many, 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 many assemblies, but there is only one bride. There are many fakes. There are many fake Christs among us. The Antichrist walks among us pretending that he is righteous and is delight. So be cautious. If the message that you're being taught is not in line with the fruits of the Spirit, then you're listening to a wrong message. Because nowhere in the fruits of the Spirit is there judgment. There is not even condemnation in the fruits of the Spirit. That is the Father's job. He handles that. And you and I, no matter how hard we pound on somebody about how, what wrong they're doing, you and I are not going to change them. We have been blessed and given a seed. But you and I can't make that seed grow. You and I have been given this wonderful, holy honor to be able to share that seed. And God will make it grow within the individual. But you can also be take a wrong part in this by trying to share the seed and judge someone to be righteous. Are you going to hate them into the kingdom? No. You're going to love them. That doesn't mean you're participating in what they are doing that's unrighteous or unholy. Remember, we are all stood on the same side of the cross until Jesus paid the price to invite us. <laughs> he paid the price. And so that is what you and I continue to do to share the invite into God's good and gracious and righteous kingdom. We, we fall into this pattern sometimes. And it talks about it in second Corinthians eleven thirteen. And I'm going to read to you from from the message uh, by uh, a fellow uh, last name Peterson. And he, he writes in a very modern style language. And Paul says this to the to the Corinthians says, Will you put up with a little foolishness from me aside aside for a moment? Let me let me tell you something, just for a moment. Kind of go with me on this, he's telling them. Think about this. The thing that has me so upset is that I care about you so much. He's talking to this congregation, trying to tell them why he's so full with passion about sharing God's love. I promised your hand in marriage to Christ. The church is the bride of which he promised. I presented you pure as a virgin to her husband. But now I'm afraid that exactly as the snake seduced Eve with its mouth and patter, smooth talk, you are being lured lured away, lured, (laughs) L-U-R-E-D, away from the simple purity of your love for Christ. Because they were going off listening to Godless chatter and crazy stuff instead of focusing on the simplicity of the gospel. And I can tell you, as I flip the channels so many times streaming and I'm looking at endless preachers preaching so many different things that seem to be so conflicting at times. And buy this book and buy that. And I'm not saying that everybody that writes a book is, is terrible or anything. I'm not saying anything like that. But you don't need to buy their book to have your salvation. You got the book for free. But you need to focus on the simplicity of the love of God, the love that God has for you and I. And Paul felt so strongly that the early church was being led astray. What did he he say? Just as the snake misled Eve in the garden. It's a little whisper. It's a little this, a little that. It, the gospel is very simple. And if it is being made complex to you, reach your hands up to the heaven and ask for God to rain and pour the Holy Spirit down on you to give you clarity. Because that is the only place that clarity can come from. From no individual man on this earth can clarity come they can share with you very clear things but the holy spirit has to provide the clarity you're listening to saturday morning with dan brown here on wpg 95.5 stay tuned we'll be right back after the short message When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio
2: 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, welcome back this morning. A little chilly this morning, but uh, should be a nice day, I hope. Be, <laughs> we could use some very nice weather in amongst this. But um, again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and as always, if you have any questions about the program or comments, uh, or if you would like a free Bible, please contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Uh, again, Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. If you send me your name and your address only, you don't have to provide me with any other information. I will send you a free Bible. Very nice, uh, modern version Bible. And, um, my only hope and prayer for you is that you wear out the pages. Um, God's word is so nourishing and refreshing and fills the void, uh, that we try to fill with everything else. We try to fill with entertainment. We try to fill with just everything. We try to fill with relationships. And when they sour and we we break, we cry, we worry, and we go, oh, what happened here? What happened here? And I will tell you, I had a, a wonderful relationship, married for 51 years, and God was the center of that relationship. And, you know, it's it's. I was off for a little bit. I took some time for uh, grieving, uh, probably maybe grieving a little different than most because what I chose to do uh, was to celebrate the time of that 51 years together and the things that we did and the family we had and the wonderful relationship. And that's not to say that there will never be a bump in the road. But every bump in the road can be a lesson for learning. Everything that God allows into our lives to take place, and I've had miraculous things happen throughout my life. You see the miracles when you want to see them. If you want to ignore God continually, you'll never see anything. You'll never feel anything. But when you develop and allow God to develop that relationship with you that he created you to have, that we spend endlessly trying to place in that spot in our soul that is only meant for the Holy Spirit, we can't get satisfaction. And the more we crave to try to fill it with something, whether it's lust or greed, power, whatever it is that we seek, that we somehow material things to fill that, it is never enough. Step back and think about it. It's never enough. But when God is at the center of your marriage and your life and your relationship, it's a different walk. It's a different life. And I appreciate the bumps. I appreciate the trials and the tribulations. Because much like Eve in the garden, and Adam, they hadn't experienced anything. They hadn't experienced evil or wickedness, anything wrong. They were in this garden as pure, innocent children. And then when wickedness began to creep in and whisper these things, they didn't know the difference. Hmm. And they believed the lie. God didn't want you to do this or that because he's afraid you would become like him. And there's some truth to that. Even in in the lies that evil and wickedness shares, there is a touch of truth because the true light cannot be extinguished completely. But there's a hard work at it to turn it to the right or to the left to make it to some extreme and complicated thing, or to make it so liberally encompassing, everything that you want to do is okay with God. As long as it doesn't hurt others. There's always an end result to that with somehow what we do, as much as we believe we're only doing things, uh, it's only about us. It does hurt others. But I want to just implore you to seek that personal relationship with God. Let the Holy Spirit dwell in the place that he created for him to be in. Seek God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to us that, in these two things, everything else in the commandments and everything else in the law and there was a lot of law given back then back then uh, to that young group of tent travelers in the wilderness. He said, but all of it is, is summed up into these two things: love God with all your heart, your mind and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. You do those two things. You will be functioning within God's will because you're going to be seeking. You're going to be submitting and surrendering yourself to the will of God, which is what we all should be seeking to do. And when we do that, we begin to possess the fruits of the spirit, which show us, they said, the scriptures say, you will know them. You will know the true people of the way, my true followers. You'll know them by their fruits. Think about that. But Paul, back to where we were in in the uh, first segment of today, Paul was so concerned about the Corinthian church uh, body there uh, was getting off track. And so he wanted to tell them and try to separate what we believe we see clearly and what we don't. And he said to them, simplicity is the secret to seeing things clearly. That's what that's what he's trying to convey to us. And what we have to understand is that a saint does not think clearly until a long time passes. we got a lot of junk in our minds, don't we? We've got a lot of stuff that is coming through our vision and our ears that has been planted in our gray matter to sort through and remove what's inappropriate. But a saint ought not to see clearly without difficulty. You cannot think through spiritual confusion to make things clear. To make things clear, you must obey. And remember, that's a, that's a theme that I share all the time. Cause Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. It's not just speaking the words from our lips. Oh God, I love you. It must be followed by actions that we do or the love doesn't mean anything, does it? Because he's told us this is the things I need you to do. Think about that. If you love me, you will obey me. There you go. The two are tied together. So in obedience, let's surrender our will to Christ. Let's do that. And intellectual matters, you can think things out. Calculus, calculating, math, you know, intellectual things. But in spiritual matters, there is a big, big difference. Because you'll only think yourself further into wandering thoughts. And you'll find yourself in more confusion than when you began thinking. And so if there's something in your life upon which God has put his pressure on you, something that God is placing in front of you to do or a path to follow, then obey him in that manner. Obey Him in what He's asked you to do. Because anything that God's asked you to do is going to fall within the fruits of the Spirit. It's going to fall in the nature of who God is. And if it's hurtful, if it's wickedness, if it's judgmental of someone else, He hasn't called you to be a judge. There are judges, and there are time of judgment, but this is not that time, and we are not those judges. We are here to share God's love with a dying world. A decaying, sinful world where children are bought and sold and used like worthless creatures. Where women and men are abused on a daily basis, where people who have power are looked up to and honored, where men of wealth are sought after because we're so envious and jealous, all those things are not godly things. When they looked at Jesus and they came to him, they said, uh, even the Pharisees, said, we, we see that you are no respecter of persons. It didn't matter to Jesus whether you're rich or you're poor. Or you're Although I will tell you that Jesus spent more time with those in need when those who were sick and homeless and lost have a special place in God's heart. Over 200 and some odd scriptures about how God cares and thinks about the poor. And also what he has planned for those who take advantage of the poor. And who hurt the poor. Love one another. Do good to those who hate you. That's a hard one. But it's exactly what the Savior of the world did. It's exactly what Jesus did. And our example who we follow is not the preacher at the front of the pulpit in the the front of the congregation. He is a man who can fail and make mistakes like any of us. Don't put your hopes in other men, but put your hope and your faith and your heart in the Savior who gave his life for you. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And our, our segment this week is Arguments or Obedience. This is part two. I think it's very critical at this time in our history that we understand who we are as people of faith and what we are called to do. Again, you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this.
2: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station.
0: Kerry McHugh. With the Ukraine war approaching the one-year mark, President Biden will head to Poland in a show of support. He wants to make sure that he's sending that strong message, not only of United States resolve but the international community resolve.
2: National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the visit, from February 20th to the 22nd, will include meetings with the Polish president and leaders of the Bucharest Nine, representing nations on
0: NATO's eastern flank. Fox's Jared Halpern. The CDC is warning about another nasty virus that's now spreading. The norovirus,
2: otherwise known as the stomach bug. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is warning of a widespread outbreak of the potentially deadly bug. And it's important to note hand sanitizers won't kill this germ because it has a unique protective shield. So wash your hands frequently.
0: Fox's Carmen Roberts. America is listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. It'll be breezy to start. Otherwise, clouds give way to some sunshine today with a high 48. Increasingly cloudy tonight with lows in the upper 20s. Tomorrow's a cloudy day, breezy in the afternoon with some rain arriving late. The high tomorrow, 46. Taking a look at the week ahead Monday, clouds give way to some sunshine, breezy milder. Monday's high 58. I'm Mackie Weathers, Rose Tamburino on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, if you have any questions about today's program or maybe a a program from the past or maybe even something you'd like to hear me discuss in the future, please contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. That's Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. Also, if you want a free Bible, please send me your name and your address. I won't use it for anything other than mailing you that Bible. If many of you have requested a Bible over the last, uh, uh, 30 to 60 days, I will apologize to you because I I was away um, after I, uh, uh, my wife's passing. I took some time off, and I am back catching up on all those kinds of matters and issues. So I apologize for any delays, but I do thank you for your patience. And those of you that have sent me your condolences, who knew? Thank you very, very much for your support and your encouraging, encouraging words. I love you all. Thank you so, so much. And uh, again, back to today's program of the title is Arguments or Obedience. And this is a part two. I started a part one um, at the end of the year last year. And um it really uh, it was very moving to me and enlightening in my you know, when I'm doing the program uh, right along with you, I'm listening and learning and, and my heart is being lifted up and, you know, and, and, and prayer and saying, Lord, am I doing these things that, uh, that we're talking about? Am I, am I going in a path or a direction that may lead me to some very difficult areas? And so again, what we were talking about is the gospel being very, very simplistic and the simplicity Of it is the secret to seeing things clearly. And again, a saint does not think clearly until a long time passes because we had so much junk shoved into our brains from childhood. And we sort through it and we measure it against what the gospel says. We measure it against the fruits of the spirit and what God has called us to do. And so we it's a different thing from intellectual matters where Intellectual matters, you can think things through and come to certain conclusions, but when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to your spirituality, um, if you keep trying to uh, function and trying to think it through yourself, you'll only go into wandering thoughts and more confusion. And so, again, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. If there's something in your life, upon which God has put his pressure. He's put his hand upon you to go in a direction, to do something or make a certain decision. Um, please, 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 please obey him in that manner. Bring all of your arguments in every manner and everything will become clear to you. Bring it into captivity, into the obedience to Christ. Regarding those matters. And when you do that, when you put it at the feet of the cross, as they say sometimes, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ, everything will become as clear as daylight to you. And if you want to look up that scripture, it's in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And so your reasoning capacity will come later. But reasoning is not necessarily how we see, because we see clearly when we're functioning in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 25, it kind of, I'm paraphrasing about what it's saying, but it says we see like children. And when we try to be wise on our own, right, when we try to use our fleshly wisdom, our manly wisdom, our earthly wisdom, our wisdom of the world, we fall flat on our face, and we end up seeing nothing that is spiritual and godly. Even the smallest thing that we allow in our lives that is not under control of the Holy Spirit, even the very smallest minute thing is completely sufficient to account for spiritual confusion because it only takes a whisper to make you wander. And so when you begin to wander, the hope of wickedness is to put you into confusion so that you can't focus on Christ. Remember, I, I share this uh, story with you a lot from the text of the, of the Gospels when Jesus was walking on the water and he called Peter out of the boat. And so Peter steps out of the boat and he is actually standing on water in the beginning. But as he begins the trek towards Christ, who is holding out his hand to receive him, what happens? The storm that is raging behind Jesus. He begins to lose focus on the Savior and his eyes begin to wander away and see the storm. Or maybe worry about the storm. Is the storm or the waves going to consume me or whatever? And as soon as his eyes are taken away from his Savior, he begins to sink. Now, so many people have put down Peter because of that. But I want to share this with you. He's the only one that got out of the boat, guys. He at least went and attempted And to finish that example of what happens when we wander off from side to side, if we say, help us, Lord, as Peter no doubtedly began to cry when he began to sink into the waves, what happened next? Our Savior reached down and lifted him up out of those raging waters and comforted him and shielded him from the storm. So let us focus on that, my friends. Remember, we see like children and we, when we try to be wise, we didn't, we don't see anything. And even the smallest thing in our lives that's not under the control of the Holy Spirit can lead us into a direction of darkness, even the tiniest thing. So we try to completely surrender our will to God. In all things, not like, oh, you know, this is a thing that I'll give to God and God will help me in this, but on this one, I'm, I can I can take care of that. And more than often, we find out that we put ourselves into kind of a, a mess, if minimally not even just a quandary of what's happening and begin some confusion. But the Holy Spirit is completely sufficient. To account for spiritual confusion. And spending all of our time. Thinking about it. Will never make it clear. Spiritual confusion. Can only be conquered. Through obedience. And as soon. As we obey. We have discernment. So remember as I said. In the previous segments today. When you say oh I love God. I love Jesus. Jesus said if you love me, you'll obey me. He tied those two words together so that we could understand how we manifest our love for him to obey. And as soon as we obey, we have discernment and we can avoid the pitfalls. We can avoid those who are being dishonest to us. Now, sometimes this can be humiliating because when we're confused, We know the reason lies in the state of our mind. Yeah? Should we be humiliated? We've got a kind of a couple of choices here. We can either be humble and surrender or humiliated and lost. I say, let's be humble and surrender. And when we surrender all to God, He lifts us up out of the muck, out of the mire. He works on us. He he describes us as pure elements, uh, elements that are mined out of the rocks. It's dross, and yeah, there's impurities in it, but as he works within us, it says our robes are made white. Because when we first appear before him, our robes are stained and the pureness of our element can overwhelm us, the the impureness. But as He refines us as gold and silver, we become delighted and filled with the Holy Spirit. But when our natural power of sight, now here we're talking about natural power of sight because In all of these things, remember, we're making choices. My mantra, if you want to call it a mantra, is make godly choices. And every day and everything, we're making choices. So if we take a moment of pause instead of rushing into a particular thought of a choice and say, is this a godly choice? Are the fruits of the Spirit in this choice? Is this decision I'm making going to benefit me in a way to lift me up in righteousness? Or is it going to lead me on a path that's not quite so right? So when our natural power of sight is devoted in obedience to the Holy Spirit, it becomes the very power by which we perceive God's will. And from that point, our life is kept in simplicity. Remember, please, please remember, the gospel is simple. It is not confusing. It is not meant to be made so confusing. That's the work of, of wickedness, to make us think that coming to God is so confusing that we could never attain it. Because that's, we end up focusing on the sin. And so often we'll talk to a believer who puts us back into focus on our sin instead of sharing the love of God with us. And then God removes our sin and moves us into the future in a godly and appropriate manner. Because it's not where we've been. It is where we are going. Because where we have been and what we have done, how can I say this uh, so important to you, has been forgiven. And yet, while we were still sinners, the scriptures say, Jesus died on the cross to make a way for us to be reunited with the Father. It's all done. It is all done. And it is not us changing other people. We are never going to shake our fist at someone or point our finger enough times that it could change. In fact, when we shake our fist and point our finger, the actual thing that you're doing is you're pointing them away from yourself. Because the reality of those that are finger pointers, pointing out everybody's sins, are oftentimes steeped in it themselves. Yeah, hard truth, right? Yet, instead of pointing a finger, our arms should be open for embracing in love. So please, please, please love one another. We're going to take a short break, and you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned.
2: WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Fourth segment of the Saturday morning, this early Saturday morning. It's just it's such an honor to be here with you. And again, thank you all who are uh, writing in and emailing uh, me at Saturday morning, at yahoo.com. Um, your condolences and your encouragements have just meant so much to me. And those of you that have, may have been waiting for Bibles uh, a little longer than I had intended, um, to get them out to you, I, again, I apologize and, uh, please be patient and forgive me. They will, uh, be out to you shortly. So as we wrap up today's program of arguments, Obedience. This is actually a part two from kind of like a series that I started back at the end of the year last year. But I think there is something very important for me to share with you in the scripture, and it's from it's from Second Corinthians four two, and it talks about how we hide things, and even though on the exterior to, and to many many people we are still hiding some things within our hearts, that we would not want people to see. And honestly, my friends, you have to let it go. And every day, if an improper thought or there's something that comes in, uh, for me, it, it is to to think in my heart. And if I have to speak it with my lips loud, I'll do it. But make godly choices. Those are the things that we need to do and how we need to think. And so I want to ask you an honest question. Have you renounced... The hidden things of shame in your life. The things that you sense of honor or pride that won't allow you, you won't allow it to come to light. You won't share it to anybody. You won't let anybody see it because you can easily hide your thoughts, right? Is there a thought in your heart about anyone that you wouldn't like to be brought into be exposed or for people to know? If there is, And if that you find that happening so that it doesn't grow and grow and grow, renounce it as soon as it comes into your mind as a thought. Renounce everything in its entirety until there's no hidden dishonesty or craftiness about you at all. Envy and jealousy and strife don't necessarily arise from your old sin nature. See, many of us say, well, I put aside that old sin nature. I did that already. But some of these things don't necessarily come from that at all. But they come from the flesh that you're still in, which we use for these kinds of things in the past. And if you want to check out some scriptures Make a note of Romans 6.19 and 1 Peter 4.1-3. That will give you some more clarity when we're talking about the things of the flesh. You and I must maintain continual watchfulness so that there's nothing that arises in our lives that would cause us shame. Are there things in your life that you're doing that you know are shameful? Try to put it aside. Give it to the Lord. Give it to God. Put it at the feet of the cross, man. You're not alone in your fight. You're not alone in those feelings. Don't let the shame rob your joy. But let God lift you out of those shameful things, those shameful thoughts, and give you the strength to keep them at bay. That we don't have, and that—that's what God asks us to do all the time. But we need to make the choice. We need to ask for the help. You understand that, right? You must maintain a continual watchfulness. Now, the the scripture in Second uh, Corinthians, chapter four, verse two, just to. Small paraphrase a section of it. It talks about us not walking in craftiness, and this means not resorting to some something that would simply make your own point. How often, if we get into an argument or we're driving something home, might we wander from the truth or something to just make sure we win because we got to win? Don't do that because it is a god awful trap. And you know that God will allow you to work in only one way. The way of truth. So I warn you, be careful never to catch people through the other way. That other way is the way of deceit. Do not be deceitful to each other. Because if you act deceitfully, you're going to bring God's blight and ruin upon you. You are going to bring. You have to understand this. God is just not going and doing all these things to those uh, who don't deserve things, although that can happen because in our eyes we think that people just don't deserve this or that when we don't truly understand things that are taking place anyway. We can really only make a. If you want to judge someone, judge yourself. Stand in the mirror and say, what have you done? Or, what are you doing? You have the right to do that because they're your choices. Make godly choices. Remember, if you continue to act deceitfully, you are going to bring ruin on yourself. It might not be that instant, but it, you build up and it will lead you away from God, and you will be the one that is the cause of that, not God. And what may be craftiness for you may not be for others, but God. For others in the world, I say. But God has called you to a higher standard. Never dull your sense of being your utmost for his highest. Don't do it. Your best for his glory is what we should be giving every second of every day. For you, doing certain things would mean craftiness coming into your life for the purpose other than the highest and the best, it would dull the motivation that God has given you in your service and calling. I think that's pretty clear. Many people have turned back because they're afraid to look at things from God's perspective. But you don't have to be afraid to look at it from God's perspective because you want it you want to surrender. You don't want to live that kind of life. And that's why this finger pointing and fist shaking is 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 not good from our side. For those who walk in faith and tru- truly love God and loving your neighbor as yourself means you're not about telling them all about their sin. You're telling them about their God's love for them. And how God can help them if they make that choice. If they seek him for that relationship. The greatest spiritual crisis comes when a person has to move a little further on his faith. Than the beliefs he's already accepted. And I will share with you. There is nothing impossible with God. I have seen the impossible. I have experienced things that just have always showed me that God is there. Am I telling you that I've never made a mistake, messed up bad? No. Oh, my goodness, I have my share. Does it mean I'll never make a mistake again? No. But when I do, when I do, I know where to go. I know what to ask, and I know what to accept. Please, stay in prayer. Love God with all your heart and mind and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you do these two things, Jesus said all of the law and all the things that you've been taught, all of these things, are summed up in those two commandments. I encourage you to do those things. And remember, when we say with our lips that we love God, he says back to us, if you love me, you'll obey me. So I want to encourage you in all goodness and all grace. And with all the compassion that God has given me in my heart, I pray for it to be shared with you. And I pray for your relationship with God to grow and grow and grow so that you can experience the fruits of the spirit and the immeasurable light of God's love. There is nothing more precious and nothing more joyful than having the embrace of the almighty in your life. You've been listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio. 95.5.
0: 95.5. Go out and share God's love with the world. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger